Hello everyone, and welcome back to To Heaven To Roll. I am Rain Zero, and I'm happy to join you again for Session 33, Toying With Fate. We are really excited to share this episode with you. This session features sound effects by Sirenscape and music by Philip Melvin, and we'll have more information about those at the end of the show. One important thing before we get underway, we have recently wrapped editing on book two, Seven Days to the Grave. So there will be a poll going up on our Twitter, at To Have and To Roll, soon, asking how you want to get it. The options will be to switch over to weekly releases for the finale and then have a one month break, or keep releasing bi-weekly and keep going into book three without interruption. The choice is yours, so head on over to our Twitter and cast your vote. For now, we have a great game for you today, so let's get right into it in this week's session of Curse of the Crimson Throne. Beautiful husband. And welcome back to Curse, Curse of, of the, the Crimson, Crimson Throne. Throne. What also happened? known as Kester's gone. Kester is gone. Taken by the Order of the Pyre Taken by for the Order of the Pyre. heresy? What you know of the Order of the Pyre is that they are an, an Order of Hell Knights dedicated to uh, the hunting down of, quote, dangerous cults. Yes. Of uh, which apparently you and Kester are now members. Yes. In accordance with the Order of the Pyre's judgment. We are not a cult. <laughs> um, yeah, so what else happened last time? Uh, well, um, the reason that we learned that Kester had been taken by the Hell Knights was because we made, uh, we finally made it up to Endron Isle having been of a sufficiently high level to do so. <laughs> yes. Um, we, after uh, clearing the rat folk war, or not, after clearing the weir rat warren, um, we made our way to Cressida's office um, <clears throat> and informed her that uh, we had sort of gained some strange allies in the uh, disposal of corpses. Yeah. And she was yeah. like, wow, it's a good thing that you are mentioning that because we're dealing with a problem with people improperly disposing of corpses up on Endron Isle. Can you go check that out? And we're like, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Uh, but how can we get into Endron Isle without the Grey Maidens knowing that we're there? <laughs> I don't know. But maybe sometimes when I like when I have a problem I need to think about, I like to go up to Jagare's Light <laughs> up on the north end of the coast above Endron Isle Yes. Maybe going there, 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 you, there you found, will help you. There you found a boat, but you didn't take the boat, but you did take the uh, stuff that was in the boat. Yes, uh, we found a boat and some climbing gear. Um, yes. The boat was apparently uh, one of Vencarlo Orosini's, um, mm -hmm. and uh, we took the climbing gear, we swam across the river using our swimming gear and our bottle of air. And we climbed up. Uh, there was a, there was like a series of 
Uh, secret tunnels, secret, secret tunnels. tunnels through the cliff face. Yes. Uh, and we use those to climb up into the Fort Corvosa district of Andronile, uh, where so, we. Uh, also, damn, I, I just realized that a climber's kit is 80 gold. <laughs> yeah, and you just gave it to us. You didn't have to fight anything to get that. No, but we had to fight our distrust of everyone in Corvosa to ah, believe Crested Croft. Anyway, we made our way into the Fort Corvosa district of Endron Isle, which is where Vencarlo lives. Mm -hmm. Went to go check on Vencarlo. Vencarlo is gone. Yep, he has, he has gone on vacation to somewhere where people aren't going to try to kill him for disagreeing with the queen. Yep. Which, honestly, <sighs> seems like a good call. Yeah, uh, <laughs> seems like a good idea. Uh, we then snuck out of the Fort Corvosa district, um, avoiding the Grey Maidens with some, like, unusually good stealth rolls on my part, um, and uh, made our way into the, what is this, the hill edge? What is this Garrison called? Hill. Gar Garrison Hill district of uh, Ender Nile. Uh, you want to try we, that again? <laughs> it, we went out to the Garrison Hill district of Ender Nile, and uh, there we found that things, you know, uh, in, in the Fort Corvosa district of Ender Nile, lots of people sort of just going, oh, it's so inconvenient that everyone else is sick. I personally have an enormous stockpile of cure disease wands <laughs> just just in case something like this I happens. I don't think they all, I don't Why think they can't said anyone like else be as rich and prepared as I am? Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. That didn't happen. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> uh, no. Um, I'm, I'm being facetious. Uh, but they were like, I'm too rich and important. For I'm too like rich quarantine. and important to deal with quarantine. Oh, this but is. But those pores, though, <laughs> they should be quarantined. Yeah, so it's very much. Do you go to the cloud district often? <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> what am I saying? Of course you of don't. Course um, um, and uh, so, by contrast, Garrison Hill District, um, people there are struggling. Yes. Uh, there are, you know, there's lots of disorder in the streets. People are, you know, uh, people of the uh, muscular persuasion, I guess, are uh, forming gangs and going around shaking down people for money. Mm -hmm. We stopped one such group, knocked them out, put them in pillories. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and gave a warning to and all who would come after. Gave a warning to all who would come after. Yes, that the next people to do this will die. Yes. Now I don't know if we're actually going to uh, kill anybody, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, uh, and so, and then we made our way to Kester's place. Yes. Uh, found um, his two distraught mothers, uh, who told us that the Order of the Pyre had come to take him away for being part of a dangerous cult. Mm-hmm. Now, mm. that is where we left off. That is where we left off. We left off right with that. Yeah, with uh, the and party members expressing their dismay, their rage, and, and their grief. Um, Unia swearing that uh, they would get Kester back. And that the, the, the Order of the Pyre would rue the day that they took Kester. Yes. All right. And so that's where we're going to pick up. It's uh, it's still uh, roughly midday, I believe. Maybe getting into the afternoon now. We're climbing down from the shingles. Mm -hmm. uh, I imagine after the expressings of uh, 
grief and anger, sort of a somber, quiet, despairing kind of mood has overcome the party. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, we we need to find Kester. We need to find where he is, and we need to rescue him, or we need to tell Cressida and have her. I just... We don't know where the Order of the Pyre is. We don't know what sort of things we're going to have to fight. I don't know what we can do right now. I, I'm sorry. I don't know what to do. Mm. That's okay. I, um... I don't know what to do either. It's uh, hard to figure out when there aren't just people already in front of you to punch. Um, mm. Now, um, you could probably gather information if you wanted to learn, like, where the where, where the Order of the Pyre would be. Um, that would be diplomacy. Um, okay. Uh, if you wanted to do that. Yeah. Uh, it might be hard to do on Endrin Isle just because... Oh, right. People yeah, are we little, need to... People are a little interested in what's going on here. Yeah. And if you start going around going, hey, where's the Order of the Pyre? Yeah. Uh, they might just go, the fuck are you talking about? There's Grey Maidens killing people up here. Well, <laughs> we probably shouldn't ask around here. We are trying to be sort of stealthy about this. We might have to wait until we get out of Endrin Isle. Unia, are you okay? No. No, I'm not okay. Kesta is one of the few people who believes what I have experienced is real and not some sort of delusion or complicated act of denial or something malicious. And now it seems the Hell Knights themselves are interested in making sure that our worship no longer continues. And I don't know what they're doing to him. Siren puts her hand on Yunia's shoulder. We're gonna figure this out. We just need a little bit more time. Now, we have a lead that we need to follow up on while we're on Ender Isle, so let's go do that as fast and as efficiently as we can. And then we'll get right back down to the mainland, and we'll talk to Cressida, and we'll see what we can do to find Kester. We can't just go back now, though. I understand. Onward, then, yeah. I suppose. So, so you would continue through the shingles. It, it cannot be overstated how bad things have gotten on Endron Isle. Like, walking through the shingles, there are empty homes everywhere. Um, there are just gangs of looters uh, all over the place. Uh, you can Anywhere you look, you can see shops getting smashed, uh, people taking whatever they can. Um, there is truly a sense that this is the end. Yikes. And that everyone is trying to get whatever they can. As you're walking around, you will see that plumes of smoke have started to go up all across Old Corvosa. Oh no. Uh, I'm sorry, I say all across Old Corvosa, all across uh, Pillar, or all across um, Bridgefront, mm-hmm. all across uh, Garrison Hill, and in the distance you can probably see some columns of smoke rising from Old Dock as well. And it seems that uh, Fort Corvosa, mostly untouched by all this, uh, standing behind its wall, it seems that Fort Corvosa is mostly protected. Mm-hmm. And so are you going to um, uh, Racker's Alley? Yeah, where the uh, the body dump <laughs> is. Where there, there's Cressida told us that uh, they've been hiring people to deal with the large number of, well, dead bodies uh, produced by the plague. 
and that not all of the people who have been taking their bodies to the Grey District have actually been doing that. And that um, with some tracking, they figured out that there's something going on around Ratger's Alley, which is next to a toy shop called Giatori's Toys. Yes. Um, so we're heading... That's in the um, Garrison Hill District yes. of Old Corvosa. And uh, so we'll be heading there. It's uh, north and a little bit east of where Kester's home is. Uh, so we'll be heading out of the shingles and up the hill uh, to our destination. Okay. Getting through the shingles is as much a, an aspect of climbing as it is through walking. Yeah. Like, while there are streets on the map here, mm-hmm. uh, the tangle of buildings, especially those that have collapsed since the closure of the Narrows, uh, like, like this place is destroyed. Like, they're, like, entire entire structures of these, uh, of the shingles are collapsed, like, just toppled over to one side. You can see that there are people picking through the debris in places. Um, there are the wails of people that have probably lost everything, uh, yeah. and also, uh, have probably lost hope, uh, because, you know, they've essentially all been trapped here on Endron Isle. Yeah. With nothing. Yeah. And so you make your way through the shingles and out. And all the while, you can still see the carrion birds circling over Merciless Way South. You move into Garrison Hill, and uh, things aren't much better here. You know, again, there's the looters going around and and, uh, trying to break into shops. Here and there, you'll see people uh, fighting uh, in the streets to uh, try and uh, either take what other people have already taken uh, or defend what they still have. Mm Mm-hmm. There are fights all over the place. Yeah. Uh, the fight has mostly left our party for now. Uh-huh. Feeling a little hopeless ourselves. All right. And so um, it's probably getting to be about 3 p.m. right now. Mm, yeah. Uh, and you will uh, make your way over to Racker's Alley, which I've marked GR Tori's Toys on your map. It's right over here. I see. Um... It is on Jagare Street, just before Jagare Street meets Merciless Way North. Mm-hmm. You will find Racker's Alley. And actually, I have a map. Oh, map! There's, oh, boy. There's a map. Oh, boy. Map, map, map. Actually, it's a map you've been on before. <gasps> but you're going. Oh, hey! To the other side of this map. Oh! Oh, they did the thing. The thing where they put multiple buildings on the same map. Yes. Um, uh, Majenko would, would go. I'm I'm really sorry about Kester. Uh, I I don't really know who Kester is, but it seems like he means a lot to you. He's a child. I'm sorry. He also. He's taken his, by Hell Knights. Yes. Hell Knights seem really terrible. Um, they are. Actually, what do you guys know about Hell Knights? Um, we know that they are like. The bad cops. <laughs> um, um, they, uh, well, I think a good portion of them worship Asmodeus. A good portion. Uh, that's not. That's not specifically a a requirement of being a uh, Hell Knight, though. They have really scary armor, and they act independently of the city guard to establish order, kind um, of like how the Grey Maidens do. Actually, do you want to roll uh, knowledge local on? Uh, sure, I can do that. Yeah, I think knowledge nobility might also work. Uh, knowledge, but local knowledge local is good enough. 
Well, that wasn't great. Uh, <laughs> uh, it looks like Ophelia got a 14 and Damien got a 13. Um, so 16? Uh, 16. I mean, yeah, you guys would be familiar with Hell Knights. Um, you know that Hell Knights are um, heavy armored, uh, heavy armored, militarized guards mm-hmm. that are sometimes brought in uh, to augment the forces of uh, the Corvosan Guard. Mm-hmm. You don't really know a lot more about them other than that, you know. You know, uh, primarily the primarily the group of Hell Knights that you would be familiar with are the Order of the Nail. Mm-hmm. And you, you have previously met the Lictor, or leader, of the Order of the Nail, ah. who is Sever's Bone claw debris. Right, the guy with the skeleton hand. He had a skeleton. Well, you didn't see the skeleton hand, but you sort of talked about the skeleton hand. Yeah, the guy who uh, we know has a skeleton hand. But his nickname's Bone Claw. So, yeah, you know. yeah. Um, and uh, he was at the royal gala uh, yes. when Iliosa was getting all her presents. Yes. Um, you know, you do know that the Hell Knights are a very strictly lawful organization. Mm-hmm. They believe in the rule of law over all else. Yeah. Um. Uh. More than what's good, uh, more than their own personal benefit, more than anything, they believe in the rule of law. Yes. And they will uphold the law, whatever the law is, mm. and they will not question it. Okay. Sometimes they will do horrible things in the name of this, uh, but that, that is not, ex- despite the name Hell Knight, they're not exclusively terrible, but, you know, I'm of the opinion that if you're willing to put up with the stuff that the Hell Knights do, you're probably lawful neutral at best. Yeah. I can't imagine yeah. how somebody could be complicit in that stuff and be like, yeah. good. Yeah. Um, by by the rules of Pathfinder, you can be a lawful good Hell Knight. And I think that in some places like um, like the World Wound yeah. um, or, um, or like the River Kingdoms or something like that, where the rule of law doesn't really exist. Mm-hmm. Being, uh, being an, being a force of law in those regions could be seen as a, you know, at least a stabilizing aspect. Yeah, yeah. Um, but here in Corvosa, Hell Knights are generally seen as bad. Yeah. Like, they are, they are the SWAT team, essentially. Yeah. Uh, from what you know. Uh, but you don't really know much more about them other than that. Okay. You don't know about their history or anything like that. All right. We'll need to look it up some point. You do know that Cressida Croft would be very familiar with the Hell Knights. We will ask Cressida um, at a later point. So, let me describe what this place is like. There are very uh, tall buildings leaning in over you. You're basically getting into the buildings that are on the edges of the walls that separate Garrison Hill from Fort Corvosa. As you get closer to the wall, there's this sense that the buildings tower up to match the walls a bit. Uh-huh. This is this is the old part of old Corvosa. These were the buildings that were built when the city was young uh, to take advantage of the security that the wall around Fort Corvosa ah, provided. Yes. Uh, and as such, these are old uh, buildings that have like smaller bases than then like lean out a little bit over the street. Mm-hmm. You know, they have like additions put on on the on the second and third floors yeah. to take advantage of uh, the most amount of space vertically. Yeah. But but it's also where at one point a lot of the money in Corvosa was. Ah, and so yeah. these are nice buildings. Nice or at least buildings, but or they were. They were pro- or rather they would probably have been nice buildings maybe 100 200 years ago. Yeah. Um 
these days they're they're a little bit older. They're, some of them are probably in a little bit of disrepair, but yeah. other, others are probably maintained quite well. Uh, so as you're getting toward the area that has been designated as Racker's Alley, uh, you will see that the high walls of the surrounding buildings throw this awkwardly bent alley into constant shadow. Then uh, are you proceeding to the alley? Yes. Uh, you may move forward then. I'm just updating my tokens. Uh, oh, Damien should be at full health, I think. Uh, no, he uh, he got hurt eight hit points, and oh, then, and then you Unia did treat deadly wounds, okay. and he healed six. Uh, we'll have Unia try to treat deadly wounds again uh, on Damien as they head over here. Hold on, you still have a bruise over your eye. Yes, uh, let me adjust, let me your, adjust your dressings. He, he He's fine uh, now. <laughs> now, speaking, speaking of Damien, you feel as if... Fate is twisting around you as you come closer to this place. Oh, 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 do you'll, I get hero bonus? You'll gain your hero bonus the entire time you're investigating Racker's Alley. Excellent. Uh, just as a reminder for you, here in book two, seven days to the grave, uh, <clears throat> you gain. So during this scenario, Damien will gain a plus two bonus on all constitution based checks and a number of temporary hit points <gasps> equal to twice your character level. Oh my goodness. He he gets as many temp HP as Lenore gets when she's raging. Damien, you feel like this place has importance to you. Uh, and you it fills you with determination. Determination! Yes. I've added, Shout out to Undertale. I've added <laughs> the bar uh, indicating Damien's extra HP and I'm just going to give him a little nice, counter. Nice, nice. A little, A little counter that is green that says two. Yes. To remind me that he gets a bonus. Uh, plus on two on constitution-based checks. As a reminder, you can spend any hero points you have. Does anybody still have hero points? I think a couple of people do. Hold on. Oh, yes. Lenore and Unia both still have two hero points. Ah, I have that marked in my book. You can use that to reroll a con, a con save, uh, such yes. as a fortitude save, a stabilization check, and so on. Um... Or I suppose that's a con-based check or save. Um, you can use it to get damage reduction, DR3 untyped for an encounter. Or you can use it to recover HP quickly. Uh, you gain your level in hit points, plus one heal one point of ability damage after resting for one minute, one time per encounter. Uh, okay. So, yes. Uh, so, alright. So, as I was saying earlier... The high walls of the surrounding buildings throw this awkwardly bent alley into constant shadow. Although littered with garbage and filth, the refuse isn't the most stomach-turning trait. Heaped against a bent wooden wall rises a pile of more than three dozen plague victims. <gasps> Their faces blistered and flushed, eyes open and staring. Oh my God. The scent of death is overpowered uh, by the reek of rot. Oh. Suggesting that some of the corpses have been here for days. Oh, no. Um. But even a casual glance reveals that certain bodies seem strangely pale compared to most of the victims who succumb to the sickness. Oh, no. Um, I'm going to have Damien cast um, invisibility on Ophelia. Okay. Uh, so she can sneak forward and investigate. Okay. Um, so that's six minutes of invisibility until or until discharged. Um, uh, I'm going to start a timer. Okay. 
Uh, so Ophelia's gonna move forward here. Uh, what do the pale bodies look like? Uh, give me a perception check. All right. Uh, Starting the timer, six minutes on the clock. Yes. Uh, again, if you're listening, it won't. Uh, perception six check. Minutes, exactly. Perception check. Uh, we cut this down a bit. Ooh, 19 on die uh, for a total of 25. All right. With a 25. Oh, I suppose I suppose I should roll stealth as well. Hold on. Uh, yes. Oh, natural 20 for a total of uh, 33 plus whatever you get for being invisible. Uh, so with a with a so with a you had a 26 to perception. Yeah, uh, 25. 25 to perception. Mm-hmm. You will confirm uh, that not only are many of these bodies drained of blood. Oh, no. But nearly half of them bear no signs of blood veil at all. Oh, no. Merely twin puncture wounds <gasps> on their necks, oh, no. wrists, or inner thighs. Vampires. <gasps> How much does Ophelia know about vampires? Uh, you would have to roll a knowledge religion. Oh, she doesn't have any knowledge religion. Uh. Um, Ophelia is going to run back to everybody else. and I mean, you would probably know yeah. twin puncture wounds vampires yeah yeah uh Uh, yeah i mean that seems so that's a lot of a lot of the bodies in this like don't pause the timer while you're talking so they don't have blood veil they are dead because a vampire drank their blood Uh uh-huh oh my word so it would seem okay okay all right uh restarting the timer I see there's, is there, uh, on the map here, there's a body that is some distance away from the rest. Um, did that person drag themselves, or is that just uh, an aesthetic? I believe that is just an aesthetic. Okay. It's like uh, it's just one body that didn't quite make it all the way to the others. All right. Uh, but actually, no, let's, let's say, there, we've got a nice blood trail here. Yeah, you can see, you can see, like, one of the arms on this one body that's far to the north extended, uh... As if they were in the middle of dragging themselves across, but there are like bite marks all over their body. Oh my god! As if something was feeding on them while they while they drag themselves through the alley. Do any of these uh, noms uh, seem to be recent? Hard to say. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Do I see anything else in this area um, um, of note? Uh, see nothing, like, nothing seems to be notable. There's like two stairwells here. Do I hear anybody? Um, uh, no, you don't hear anything. I don't on. imagine anybody really uh, lives here. So the walls otherwise, around you are about 20 feet tall. Otherwise, uh, there would have been something. Okay. Do any of the bodies have anything identifying on them? Like, mm. like, um, do they appear to be like uh, people from a certain area of the city or... They seem to be, it seems to be a bit of a hodgepodge of people, possibly people taken from the shingles. Uh, some of the people are, are dressed in a little bit nicer clothes, suggesting that they're probably from either uh, Garrison Hill or possibly even Fort Corvosa. Okay. Ophelia uh, is going to go back to the party uh, and relate this and suggest yeah. that... There's, you would also see that there are a number of uh, fat flies and rats gorging themselves on the corpses. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. Um, and um, so what what exactly did Cressida want us to, to do? We should find I suppose we should find who's been doing this. Yeah, uh, she was concerned that that this large amount of bodies would attract undead. Yeah, well, uh, and it you, certainly and has. You, uh, and you were she did this because you were asking about rumors of undead. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Um, so 
Uh, I imagine. Two minutes I imagine we should probably be searching for vampires now. Uh, if we were, if I were a vampire, where would I be hiding nearby? <laughs> um. Uh. Well, would you just search the alley? Uh. See if there's. Yes. Uh. All right. Because you sort of only explored the the front of the alley. Yes. I'll I'll uh, move Ophelia back to where she was standing. Um, I would like to search the rest of the alley. Yes. Okay. So uh, as you're searching the alley, you get to here, mm-hmm. and you notice that there is a hole in the wall. Oh. I'm going to go ahead and move this. Okay. Behold, there is a hole in the wall. Behold. Through the hole. Uh, actually, also, at any point, would you like to enter into initiative um, to make better use of your yeah, uh, time? Yeah, yeah. Um, right. I think Ophelia would like to call it, uh, would like to go over, uh, tell everybody to follow her into the hole, and then I'd like to enter initiative. Okay. Uh, so so we have, I'm going to move everybody else up. We have uh, a minute and 20 seconds on the clock. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just pop that down to minute 20. Well, uh, Lenore got a natural 20. Oh, Lenore has improved initiative now. Uh, <laughs> Lenore has a Lenore has a twenty-seven to initiative. Twenty-seven to initiative. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, um, Ophelia. Ophelia rolled a five on die, oh. so she has a nine. We've got a little bit of everything going here. Oh, I have a lot more of of this side of everything. Oh no. Um, Damien got uh, an eleven. An eleven. And Unia got a two. Got it too. Great. <laughs> um, uh, are you bringing Majenko into here? Uh, it that depends largely on what I know about vampires. Uh, um, if if I if, right. va- if I, mostly I want to know if vampires can turn invisible. <laughs> um, so you can roll knowledge religion. Okay. Um, uh, anybody that has it, vampires. I don't know if you know this. There's lots of stories about vampires. If you have knowledge religion, you can roll it. Okay. Um, Actually, even if you're untrained in knowledge religion, I would say you can roll uh, to know stuff about vampires. Just because vampires are, they're, okay. they're, they're one of those classic monsters that people tell their kids about. All right. Everybody's rolling. These rolls were much better. Huh. Uh, <laughs> don't believe me? Here's Just here, watch. Here. here. Um, Unia got a 17. Uh, and theirs is the lowest roll on this list. Damien got a 22. Lenore, um, just rolling an int check, got a 14. So Unia beats uh, Lenore. And then um, Ophelia, just rolling an int check, got a 20. So <laughs> I guess right. 26. All right. Let me tell you about vampires. Now, the information that I'm giving you here is about a generic vampire, because you don't know what kind of vampire that is. Yes, that's you know fine. That you would know, what was your highest? 26. And who was that? Oh, I'm sorry, 22. And I was Damien. Damien with a 22. What you would know about vampires is that vampires are, I mean, all right, hi, hi listeners. You know what vampires are, right? <laughs> I don't need to go through the whole thing of what vampires are, right? <laughs> um, but they are undead that, that feed on blood. They sparkle uh, in the sunlight, and if you're lucky, the they sun- love no, you forever. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, you know that they have that they can't tolerate the smell of garlic. Uh, they can't enter a private dwelling or home unless invited in by someone with the authority to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that they don't have reflections. That you know that. So technically, this would be a uh, thing that is covered by a fact you get, but. It's common knowledge. Mm-hmm. If you get over a 10, you know this. They have DR5 wood 
and piercing. Oh, so that you can stake you can them stake in them. the heart. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't have any stakes, but I do have a spear now, if you and want, some javelin. If you want more facts about them, that is going to require spending some facts. That's fine. How many facts do I get? Uh, let's see. You got a 22? Uh, well, um, with aid, um, uh, Unia, who has ranks in knowledge religion, did roll high enough to aid. So 24... Or if other people can also aid a 26. So, uh, yeah, talking to each other like, oh, we heard stories about vampires, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and yeah, you'll get a 26. And so you'll be able to get three facts. It's one for getting it. Uh, and then one for each five by which you've exceeded the DC. Yay. Uh, so three facts total. Um, okay. Um, I have here for your knowledgeable pleasure, uh, <laughs> many things you could get. I have their CR, their alignment, their type, their senses, their armor class hit, well, their their modification to armor class, their hit dice, defensive abilities, weaknesses, speed, uh, their melee attacks, and the, some special attacks, too. Is, is spell-like abilities included on that list? Spell-like abilities. Um, would you, is that one of the facts you would like to get? Yes. Uh, da, 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 da. Guess what? What? You don't know about, you're not familiar with vampires generally having spell-like abilities. Okay, okay, good to know. Uh, how about their senses? Uh, vampires have dark vision 60 feet. Okay. And then one more fact. Um, did you say that they had special attacks? Uh, they have a few. Okay. Um, um yeah. I yeah, suppose- you can either get the list, uh, or... Well, I imagine one of them is some sort of bite. Um, <laughs> yeah, I- yeah. <laughs> um, give me the list. Now, these are the special attacks available to vampires. You don't know what kind of vampire it is yet? Yes, that's fine. So they might have some of these, more of these, or none of these. <laughs> you know, blood drain. Mm-hmm. Children of the night. Wh- what? <laughs> create spawn. Oh. Dominate. Mm. And energy drain. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But guess what? Don't have enough facts to get more information about any of those. No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> it, it gives me some idea of what to expect, and that's important. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. So, um... All right, so we're all going to roll stealth now. All right. Hey! Everyone except Ophelia rolled real well. Uh, Ophelia did still get a 20 plus whatever uh, um, whatever you get for being invisible. A 40. <laughs> nice. Hey. Uh, Unia got a 14, which for them was a very good roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damien got a, oh boy, a 24. Mm-hmm. Look at my son. Uh, and Lenore got a 17. Okay. I really can't stress how well my armored um, characters rolled uh, for them. Uh, Majenko, 18. But the good news is that none of you run, rolled under 10, mm-hmm. so none of you are impeding the others. Yay! Uh, so, All right. you know. So, um, <clears throat> uh, right. everyone will wait for Ophelia to go first, being the invisible one. Um, right. So we're going to uh, delay, delay. So Lenore is going to delay and Damien yeah. is going to delay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let and me tell you. 
Ophelia is going to enter the room. Right. Dozens of glass eyes, crooked and crazed, glare from the heads of malformed and half-carved dolls no. lining skewed workroom shelves. No. Rat-gnawed, stuffed oryx, disemboweled doll limbs, uh, miniature rolling elephants, unseaworthy miniature wooden ships, and blocks illustrated with deformed or poorly painted animals <laughs> fill bins and racks about the room. A cracked wooden door leads to the north, while a rickety trap door breaks uh, the sawdust-covered floor to the east. In one corner lies the drying corpse of an old bald man amid the wood chips, rusty tools, and oily rags of a scored workbench. So I'm guessing this is the toy shop owner. Uh, actually, he's even on the map. See, there's this lovely person leaning against the wall oh here. Oh my god. So yeah. this place is full of extremely... It, this is an extremely scary toy shop. Uh, and yes. there's the dead toy maker in here. And I'm guessing this lighter colored uh, square over here is the trap door? Yes. All right. Uh, actually, let me let me help you out here. I've actually got a boop. And a, uh, oh, you got some doors. Doors. Door number one. Door number two. Uh, can I can I do some sort of uh, perception check in the room to see if there's enemies? You certainly can. Uh, I Ophelia can't do a heel check on the guy to see how long he's been dead. I mean, you could do a perception check on the guy. Yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna make a perception check for the room uh, for traps or for hidden enemies or crap. Uh, Sixteen. <laughs> Sixteen. Uh, hey, hey, you know what? You know what the DC was? What? It was fifteen. Ah! Uh, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, you will get, uh, so looking through the room, uh, and looking over the body, mm -hmm. you will get that there are eight puncture wounds up and down his neck, eight? as well as a ring of, uh, a ring of small keys. <gasps> I will, uh, I will take that key ring. Uh, you would also get basically looking at him very quickly, just, just a quick glance at him because mm -hmm. we're in initiative order. Um, you would get that, yeah, there are eight puncture wounds up and down his neck. Goodness. Uh, and it's hard to tell exactly how long he's been dead. Now, if you were to take time to do a full heel check, mm. you could probably figure out a little bit more. But as it looks, he's been so drained of blood that you can't really tell how long he's been dead. Eight puncture wounds, so potentially four vampires. Yep. Uh, yeah, four okay. sets of two. <laughs> four, yeah, uh, Ophelia tries to uh, gesture back to the others and then realizes her hands are still invisible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I will take that key ring, though. All right, uh, and then we'll just have everyone else move forward. Lenore okay. will move forward. Uh, Lenore moves forward. In, Damien into moves the forward. Room. Uh, Damien will move forward into the room. And Majenko. And Majenko, yeah. All of you move into the room. All right. What would you like to do next? Well, uh, there's a door here that's open. Yes, the door uh, to the north is sort of hanging open. Do door to the north is hanging open. And then there open. is a trap door to the east. You know, I'll have uh, Ophelia just go and peek in the door to the north uh, to see if there's anything that might come and like flank us when we go down the trap door. I'm guessing the interesting stuff is probably down the trap door. Uh, but yes. here, uh, Ophelia, one, two, three, four, five. Uh, what is what is up right. with this room? A quick peek into the room reveals awkwardly stitched stuffed animals, poorly equipped toy soldiers, and dolls exhibiting myriad accidental deformities stare blankly out of the filth-smeared <laughs> front windows of this toy shop. Uh, uh, <laughs> this guy 
is just the shittiest toy maker yeah. of all time. Just, just, just any like, like, just horrifying dolls. Uh, <laughs> several heavy-looking kites dangle purple and crimson tails from the ceiling above, and a dollhouse recreating Castle Corvosa's intimidating towers dominates one of the room's side tables. Festooned with tiny bells, the shop's entrance stands to the north, across from a doorway marked private, and a uh, counter cluttered with dusty jars of candies. You would be actually poking your head out through the door marked private. Okay. Um, let me make a perception check to see if there's anybody hiding in here. Sure. 17. Oh, actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put... <clears throat> hold on. I'm going to put the invisibility on the tracker here. Okay. So you have, so you will now have eleven rounds because uh, okay. some time has elapsed. Yes, no, that's right. fine. That's fine. Uh, okay. So while Siren does that, um, can somebody go over and check the um, the trap door for traps? <laughs> it's a trap door. It's a trap door. The trap door. Um, just uh, yeah. Hold on. Let's resolve Ophelia's thing first. Right. Sorry. Um, uh, so uh, looking out into the toy shop. Mm-hmm. So this is obviously the front toy shop, and uh, now you think that it would probably take a little bit more time to actually like search through this place for anything important. Yeah. Uh, but a quick glance around, you don't see any enemies in here. Okay, that was all I wanted. Uh, okay. We can come back and loot this place later yeah. if we really want to. Uh, and I will, I will already say that you succeeded on the perception check, but it takes time. Uh, so when you get back, you don't need a real perception. Just uh, you'll find whatever. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, um. So Ophelia will proceed over to the trap door. Uh, check it for traps. Right. I got another 11. Uh, 17. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be tripped. Okay. Uh, I will pull out my Masterwork Thieves tools that I got from Roth Lamb's place. And uh, because I forgot I had those. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will uh, attempt a disabled device. Now, I believe I get a plus two bonus for using Masterwork tools. It seems that the door is unlocked. Oh, Okay. Well, I will gesture to Damien, and Damien uh, and Ophelia will back up, and Damien will use Mage Hand to open up the door. Oh, okay. she can't. She can't gesture to Damien. Never mind. She's invisible. Uh-huh. Ophelia. Ophelia will open the door. All right. Ophelia <laughs> opens the door and immediately activates the symbol of death. No. Ah! No. Um. No. You open the. You open the door, and uh, what what you reveal is a is a crawl space. Uh, that is uh, roughly three and a half feet tall with the same dimensions as this room. Uh, This will be difficult terrain for you. Okay. Uh, And amid numerous blocks of various types of mundane wood lie four simple but solid coffins. Oh, shit. Emblazoned upon the coffins, you will see a symbol. And allow me to set the mood of what this symbol suggests. A purple flag with a black castle on it. Actually, it's probably something more specific than this. But looking at this horrifying flag that has been etched or painted onto the coffins. Anybody want to roll a knowledge geography looking at the looking at the thing? Yes. <laughs> well, I'll be danged. <laughs> Damien got a 19, and Lenore got an 18. You will recognize that this is the flag of Ustalon! <laughs> <Blech! laughs> 
Land of Vampires. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you know Ustalov as the Immortal Principality of Ustalov. It is a country uh, kind of far to the north. Uh, that is ruled over by many counts, but also counts. Uh, um, Ustalov is basically every gothic horror setting just rolled into one. You got your vampires, you got your werewolves, you've got your you've got your uh, crumbling cities held up by uh, crumbling morals. Wait, we have that here too. Hey. Um, and uh, you know, you just have every kind of gothic horror. You have your Southern Gothic, you have your Victorian Gothic, you have your Gothic Gothic, <laughs> you have your Goth Punk, probably so, some Cyber Goths on the border there with Numeria. <laughs> so, do I, can I make another Knowledge Religion check to know if I can do anything to these coffins that will weaken the vampires? Would you like to know about killing vampires? Yes. Now that you can see the coffins and you can see the rather plain nature of them. Uh, the earlier one was sort of a knowledge check for the general what are vampires. Uh-huh. Um, well, but looking at these looking at these coffins, these are not very elaborate coffins, and you imagine that the vampires contained therein are probably not very powerful vampires. Mm-hmm. So, I will allow you to make a knowledge check to determine what sort of not powerful vampire that might be. Ooh! Okay. Okay. Um, knowledge religion. Knowledge religion. So that would be Unia and Damien. So also, fun fact, the the rules as written uh, DR of vampires as the template vampire is DR 10 magic and silver. But uh, at a certain point, Paizo created a special kind of vampire that is DR 5 wood and piercing. (laughs) And I was like, well, fuck this magic and silver thing. These ain't fucking werewolves. (laughs) Uh, So I have adopted the DR 5 wood and piercing for all vampires. Cool. And more powerful vampires will have better DR wood and piercing. <laughs> because they're vampires. The stakes are necessary. Uh, which also means that you can't bypass it with high bonuses. Because wood is not a recognized material and the this level of uh, weapon enhancement bypasses damage reduction stuff. <laughs> so... Uh, what I'm what I'm getting here is that Lenore needs to smack people with uh, the back half of her polearm. Uh, <laughs> well, you or, really, or throw javelins at I, them. Javelins, really, because your the the back half of your polearm is not. It's supposed to be bludgeoning. Yeah, that would be bludgeoning. Okay. Unless you've sharpened it down to a point when we weren't looking. No. But I don't think Pro- you have. No. Uh- <laughs> if you want to do it in the future, you could. Okay. Uh, uh, so, uh, Damien rolled a twenty-one. And Yunia knows jack squat about Ustalov. <laughs> okay. With a 21, um, you will know that one of the least powerful forms of vampire is the vampire spawn. Ah. Uh, and uh, you will have enough information to get two facts about vampire spawn. Let me give you the, the flavor text of vampire spawn. It's mm. blood flavored, by the way. Blech. Blech. Uh, <laughs> vampires commonly have the create spawn ability. And so... If they want, rather than creating a full-fledged vampire, they can create a vampire spawn. This is a weaker form of vampire that doesn't have all of the abilities of a full-fledged vampire and is generally loyal to its master, the one that created. It's sire, I should say. Okay. Uh, What what facts would you like? Okay. Um, Uh, I will say, I will tell you that properly killing uh, vampires will be one of the facts. Yes. Uh, 
So if you want to get that. Yes, uh, please. Yeah. All right. So one of the things that's very important about uh, about vampires is that they don't die when they hit zero hit points. Mm -hmm. Unlike most undead. Most undead, when they hit zero hit points, they will be destroyed flat out. Vampires revert to a gaseous form and then return to their coffins to regenerate. Uh, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read through the full vampire weaknesses. Okay. Block. Sure. Vampire spawns uh, cannot tolerate the strong odor of garlic and will not enter an area laced with it. Similarly, they recoil from mirrors and strongly presented holy symbols. You know, vampire stuff. Yeah. Uh, these things don't harm the vampire spawn; merely keep them at bay. A recoiling vampire spawn must stay at least five feet from the mirror or holy symbol and cannot touch or make melee attacks against that creature. Well, um, Holding a vampire spawn at bay takes a standard action. After one round, a vampire spawn uh, can overcome its revulsion to the object and function normally each round it makes a save. And uh, mm. it has a very high DC. Yeah. You know, vampire spawn cannot enter a, per a private home or dwelling unless invited by someone without the authority to do so. You already knew that. Reducing a vampire spawn to zero hit points or lower incapacitates it but doesn't destroy it. Uh, however, certain attacks can slay vampire spawn. Exposing any vampire spawn to direct sunlight staggers it on the first round of exposure and destroys it utterly on the second consecutive round of exposure if it does not escape. Each round of immersion in running water inflicts damage on a vampire spawn equal to one-third of its maximum hit points. Wow. A vampire spawn reduced to zero hit points in this way is destroyed. Wow. Driving a wooden stake through a helpless vampire spawn's heart instantly slays it. This is a full round action. However, it returns to life if the stake is removed. Uh -huh. Unless the head uh, unless the head is also severed and anointed with holy water. Ah. Now, notably, because that slays it but doesn't destroy it, if you wanted to use that carrion compass ability, you could do it on a staked helpless vampire. Oh. Unia does have that prep today. That could help us find the sire. That you could do that. Oh. And so basically as long as the stake remained in, it would be slain but not destroyed uh -huh. until you cut off the head and anoint it with holy water. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, so, so that's a fact. That is a fact. Yes. Uh, all of that is contained within vampire weaknesses. Okay. Um, what is, what's the deal with the coffins? All right. Can I so, do anything to destroy the coffins? Um, I mean, the coffins are kind of plain pine-shaped boxes. The, these are the cheapo coffins. <laughs> these are, these are the bargain basement coffins. The ones where, you know, we don't care what we're doing for our loved ones. We just need them in a box and in the ground. Uh -huh. Now, it's possible that you could do something like consecrate the uh, the ground or something and like trap them in it. Uh, but I don't think you have consecrate prepared. No. So uh, do you have bless? I do have bless prepared. So I would say that by expending bless uh, and like if you seal the coffin and cast bless on it, mm -hmm. you bless the coffin. It will be like a prison. But you'll have to physically seal it uh -huh. somehow and then cast Bless. Do the coffins currently have vampires in them? Good question. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> can I, like, very, very stealthily open one of them? Ophelia, can Ophelia very stealthily open one of the coffins? Yeah, you rolled a 40 on stealth. Does this require a disabled device? No, it's just a wooden lid. So you very carefully open it and you can see 
slumbering beneath. Here, I'm just gonna drag it down here. A vampire <gasps> just sleeping. Doing a snooze! Uh, I need to make a perception check for it to notice you opening its coffin. It does not notice you. Um, <clears throat> okay. Uh, everybody else is going to come down into the crawl space. All right. Uh, Ophelia will whisper to them that the vampires are in the coffins. Yes. So I guess what Lenore's gonna do uh, is we're gonna go. We're, uh, she's gonna go over to the crawl space with the sleeping vampire in it, whose coffin Ophelia has opened, and she's gonna try to coup de grace it with a javelin. Uh, stick okay. It. Yeah. Um, now I do take a minus. I think I take some sort of penalty for using a javelin as a close range weapon. Um, minus four. But uh, I don't it think it is helpless. Yeah. Uh, on a coup de grace, it doesn't matter. Okay, so we'll crit on the javelin. That's a times two, so two d six. We'll have Lenore. Lenore will uh, bonus action uh, blood rage for this as well, and uh, so two d six. 36 points of damage. Okay. Uh, and then it must attempt a fortitude to save. To stake the vampire. I don't think it can make that fortitude save. Uh, what's the DC on a coup de grace? Uh, 10 plus the damage dealt. <laughs> so you take a javelin and you just right through the heart. As the javelin pierces the body, it goes And, and But as the javelin goes through, it just stops. However. That was loud as frick. That was loud as fuck. <laughs> uh, which one are you staked? Yeah, we'll just say, yeah, we'll say it was the one in the upper right. Uh, and everybody else is sort of like chilling like this. Oh. All right, so this one is dead. And now they're, though the rest are going to roll for initiative. Lenore is blood raging. Um... <clears throat> She does not currently have any weapons out, although she will pull out another javelin next turn. Perhaps. Uh, okay. Uh, Lenore and Damien were delayed until after... Ophelia. Ophelia. We're going to tick down a round of invisibility for while all this was going on. Yes. Uh, actually, I think we should tick down another round. I think it's been yeah, two yeah. rounds. Yeah. All right. Uh, so you have nine rounds of invisibility left. Uh, technically, Ophelia is still invisible. Yep. Um, yep. So, Do we get uh, Lenore, uh, Lenore, you just did this. Uh, I will allow uh, Ophelia to take surprise round now if you want. Uh, yes. Uh, okay. Because you were technically before Lenore. Yes. Uh, I would like to... Um, or rather, um, we could have uh, <laughs> we could have Ophelia delay again to be after Lenore if you want. Yeah. Because Lenore was kicking it off at the stake. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, we are in a surprise round. Okay. Ophelia. Ophelia. We'll just say Majenko stays upstairs, <laughs> guarding our exit, because otherwise Majenko is down here uh, in like a three foot tall ceiling area. So Ophelia is going to uh, go over to uh, this vampire spawn, oh, but this is difficult terrain. So one, two, can Ophelia get to? So Ophelia would like to attack the vampire in this coffin. Now, it will be it will be an action to take the lid off. Oh, yes. Uh, Ophelia, You're able to do it before because you did it stealthily. Ophelia would like to hold. Ophelia would like to hold an attack until the coffin is opened. All right. So then, is Damien opening the the lid? Oh wait, no, Damien can't because uh, he's over there. Yeah. 
Um, Damien would like to... Also, for those of you listening at home, um, one of the rules that I... I don't think I actually included this in the house rules, but it's just a thing I've always done, just mostly because I got in the habit of doing it in 5e, um, is that when when people hold action, I don't delay their initiative. What you do is is you can hold the action and then use your immediate action to release it, mm-hmm. um, which is not Pathfinder rules as written, but it's how it works in 5e, uh, and I like it, so I just took it from 5e. Uh, but if you delay your whole turn, then you do move down an initiative. Yeah. Of note, uh, on Chill Touch, an undead creature you touch takes no damage of any sort, but it must make a successful will saving throw or flee as if panicked for 1d4 rounds plus one round per castable level. Interesting. So that will be useful here. What Damien is going to do to get ready to attack next turn, I yes. guess, Damien is going to charge up his cards with plus one flaming, and then he's going to spell combat, cast Chill Touch, and hold on to those charges. Um, now, Chill Touch is is different from a lot of other spells in that you can using using Amagus's spell strike ability, uh, or in Damien's case, the, in particular, the Harrowed spell strike ability. Um, you can actually do one touch per weapon attack. Now, this is not the case for a lot of other spells, but it does make Chill Touch a little bit more useful than your average first level spell. Nice. Um, Now, I can't do it with something like Elemental Touch or other sorts of touch spells, but Chill Touch, uh, as said by James Jacobs himself, can be used this way. Nice. Yeah, we we had a whole thing where we had to look this up because you were looking at Elemental Touch. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Yes. Uh, So Damien is going to do that. Uh, also, uh, uh, I should say, uh, James Jacobson said don't use his rulings as as uh, official rulings. They're just his preference. Uh, uh, yeah. But I tend to use them a lot of the time. I like that one. Um, it, lets, it lets a spell be useful. I tend to generally agree with James Jacobs. Uh, so that's a full round action. So Damien is, Damien is ready to go. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, and then Unia. Unia would like to open... The coffin. Right. Immediate action. Ophelia. Attack. To attack the vampire. Ophelia to attack the vampire. Yes. That is no longer helpless. But, but it is still flat-footed and prone. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and an unaware of me, startling appearance. Suddenly, Ophelia comes in with the um, mithril dueling sword to stab. Oh, my goodness sake. That is a... 20 to hit. hit. Good lord, yes. Okay. Flat-footed, prone. (laughs) So 1d8 plus 1 plus 3d8. So just get 4d8s here. Clack, 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 math tracks. Oh, sad rolls. 16 points of damage. Okay. 16 points of damage. Reduced, because it's not yes. wood and piercing. Reduced, because it's not wood and piercing. <laughs> okay. Can Unia do anything? Uh, uh, do they still have a move action? No, it's a surprise round, so you only have one action you can take. Oh, oh, gosh. Um, Sorry, then Damien did a full round action thing. He wouldn't have been able to do that. Wait, what? What did he uh, do? He charged up his, his... So he wouldn't have been able to charge up his cards. He'll do Isn't that, that next- a swift action? Yes. You can take a swift action and a surprise round. Oh, okay. It's just, you can either take a move action or a standard action. You can always take a swift action. 
Oh, it's a swift deck. Oh, then Ophelia moved. She wouldn't have been able to attack the vampire. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, great. Um, so <laughs> I'll she's, just give it back those hit points. Okay. So she's still invisible. <laughs> still invisible. Okay. And now, <laughs> guess whose turn it is? Vampire. Vampire. Uh, Vampire spawn number one. So, uh, sorry, um, Lenore just staked a guy. Does she not have a weapon out right now? Then? Yeah, you you will not be holding a weapon. Okay. As your weapon is now embedded in a vampire. Good to know. Good to know. Sue. I do believe all of the vampires beat me in initiative because everybody waited for Ophelia. Now, so the first vampire spawn first will rise up from the prone position, uh, rotating at an axis about its feet <laughs> completely, the the lid just popping right off as it does so, as it... <laughs> no, actually, vampire spawn, this one will go... <sighs> bearing its fangs, this wild look in its eyes and then it is going to five foot steps from the lip of the coffin, just steps on down to <laughs> the next to Lenore, and Hi. then it is going to try to hit you. Oh, uh, does it, so it can both, it, it moved to get out of the, it moved Move to action, st stand up. Uh-huh. No action, five foot step. Oh, I didn't know you could use, okay, right, yes. right, right, yes, yes because you, it's a move uh, equivalent, okay, I got it, I got yes. it. Yes, yeah. uh, okay. so, uh, again, a five foot step is is not an action, it, it is in any turn that you do not move more than five feet, you can take a five foot step. Okay, okay, uh, now Lenore is raging. So. And technically this is difficult terrain, it's difficult terrain for you. I think these guys are adapted to it as they move golem-like around the floor. <laughs> and yeah, they've, this, been living, they've been living down here for some time. They've been time. living down here for some time. They, they've figured it out. Yeah. Uh, they got the hacks. That's fine. Um, so it's difficult to rain for you, That's but fine. not for them. Uh, because otherwise I don't get to use any of my goddamn vampires. Yeah. Right. yeah. So we're going to have an attack against you. Okay. 21 to hit. Yep, that'll hit. Uh, you are going to take four points of damage. Okay. Uh, and then you are going to get energy drain. Oh. Uh, you're going to gain a negative level. Holy shit. Yep. Holy shit. Yeah. Next vampire spawn, also going to similarly rotate up on an axis about its feet <laughs> at, a, at a perfect right angle. <laughs> and then it's going to move because uh, it, it can't do both. And it's uh, actually, you're going to see as it gets up, the one that just attacked uh, Lenore is going to go, fuck off, this one's mine. Get your own. Uh, and it's going to move up to Damien. Uh, does Unia get an attack of opportunity? Yes. Yeah. Wait, no, Unia doesn't, but Lenore does. Uh, Lenore isn't holding a weapon. Right, then no. Because it only just moved into Unia's threatened space. Okay. And then the last vampire spawn is also going to stand up. And it's going to go, no, dibs, dibs, dibs on this one. And looks at Unia. It's going to attack at Unia. 22 to hit. Yep. Eight points of damage. And a negative level. And one negative level. God damn it. Everybody's going to die down here. Round of invisibility ticks down. <laughs> All right, Lenore, we're can back I, to you. Can I? Will I get attacked if I pull out my polearm? Uh, no. Draw a weapon. Does not provoke an attack of opportunity. Okay. <clears throat> All right, so you can you draw your shard? Yeah. Great. Uh, and then can uh, can I have can I have drawn it and already be choked up on it? Yeah, when you when you draw your weapon, you can choose what grip you're using on it. Okay, uh, and I will attack the vampire spawn that is going after Damien. Ha! Swing, Lenore swings her pole arm. Yes. 
Lenore probably hits. 21 to hit. Yes, that will hit. 1d10 plus 15 points of damage. Damn. 27 points of damage. Good lord. Yeah, um, uh, you, you carve off a nice chunk of this, uh, blood spatters across the floor. Vampire blood. Vampire blood. Would you like to drink some? No. 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 Is it now Ophelia's turn? Yes. Okay. 21 to hit. Uh, flat-footed. Uh, 21 to hit. Yes. Flat-footed. Yes. As uh, Ophelia suddenly appear. She suddenly appear. And we'll roll 4d8. It's actually 4d8 plus 2 because then I get an additional. Oh, do I count as being concealed? So you're concealed for your first attack, I guess. Okay. 4d8 plus 4. <laughs> Yeah, you have concealment when you make the attack. Okay, okay, 48 plus 4, so we got 14... 25 points of damage. Oh, boy. And then Damien. Damien uh, has chill touch prepped right now. Damien is going to try to uh, chill touch the the, the vampire. 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 24 to hit. I believe that will hit. Yeah. Make a DC 16 will save. Nine. Flee as if panicked for flee 1d4 rounds. as if panicked. Uh, 1d4 plus one round. All right, I think. so it will have to flee. This uh, one is... Yep, 1d4. Oh, 1d4 plus one round right. per caster level. I'm oh, sorry. Damn. So, uh... So, for the rest of the combat. Yeah, so uh, I actually rolled maximum, so for 10 rounds. Damn. Uh, so what we're gonna do, as soon as it runs, I will delete it from initiative. Because Lenore's gonna make an attack of opportunity. Yes. And, uh... <gasps> and it can't leave the shop either, because it's daylight. Damn. Yunia. A feared, uh, Unia is going to... They don't really have anything they can use to... Uh, anything wooden they can use to stab. Uh, so, you know, uh, I guess, uh... We'll see what happens when we uh, do a significant amount of damage to a thing. Um, now you do have this one is now panicked. You can see this look of panic go over its face, where before it was like snarling and angry and everything. You see suddenly it's like... Uh, you do also know that you can keep a, a vampire at bay with a holy symbol? Yes, actually, I think I will try to do that. Um, Unio will hold up their holy symbol of Aradin and their uh, Falcata uh, at the at the vampire that's been attacking them and just brandish them both as it uh, as they sort of glow with a, a, a sort of a, a dark shadow that can, that is even visible in the darkness. Uh, almost like a So that would be your standard darkness. action? Yes. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, are you doing anything else? you moving or anything? Um, no. The, with, uh, with, your with your holy symbol presented, you are no longer threatened by any of the vampires. Uh, ah. Because this one's panicked. Because the one uh, to the southeast of you is panicked, and the one to the west of you is uh, can't make melee attacks against you while you're presenting your holy symbol. Yes, uh, this is a this is a relatively good position. Unfortunately, I don't have anything else I can do that besides move out of flanking with Ophelia. But Ophelia needs me in flanking, okay. so um, I'm just gonna be very threatening. <laughs> Majenko's not in this combat. I'm going to delete Majenko from initiative. So this vampire is going to continue being very interested in Lenore. Okay. But it seems really distracted by having the other vampire near it. It's like, touch the fuck off. Get away from mine. Get away from mine. 
and sort of snaps at the other one briefly. Uh, uh 14 to hit you. Nope. All right. So it's going to be a miss. Okay. As they take a minus two oh. uh, to attack rolls when within five feet of another vampire. Wow. Because they fucking hate each other. <laughs> That's why. So, um, for for uh, for reference, we're down in this um, like five by five, uh, f- uh, like twenty five feet by twenty five feet crawl space. Yes. The four, um, coffins, the four coffins are in opposite corners yes. of the room. They're all in opposite corners of the room <laughs> because they hate right. each other. This one is going to. Uh, so. It can't move into the space of the door because the other vampire is here, and again, they fucking hate each other. So it is going to run. So right. panicked is, I believe, the the most severe fear condition. Yes. A panicked creature must drop everything it holds, not holding anything, and flee at top speed from the source of its fear, as well as any other dangers it encounters along a random path. Uh, can't take any other actions. Uh, in addition, uh, the creature takes a minus two penalty on all saving throws, skill checks, and ability checks. If cornered, a panicked creature cowers and does not attack, typically uh, using the total defense action in combat. Uh, a panicked creature can use special abilities, including spells to flee. Indeed, the creature must use such means if they're the only way to escape. Okay. So, so as it runs... I believe both Lenore and Unia can make attacks of opportunity? Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, well... Technically, Damien could also make an attack of opportunity with Chill Touch. But uh, um, I don't think it would matter. Yeah, no. Um, okay. So we're going to have Unia roll first because they never get to make attacks of opportunity. They're very excited. They get to kill Vampire. Uh, that is a an 18 to hit. Uh, and then Lenore is also going to make an attack of opportunity. A 20 to hit. You guys actually both missed. The fleeing vampire? Because uh, it actually has mobility. So. That little shit. And it, it runs over to the corner uh, and it's going to cower in the corner. Okay. Because it can't get out. All right. Because it sees the other vampires as threats. Oh. <laughs> um, we cannot get out. We cannot get out. We cannot get out. <gasps> <laughs> Uh, this vampire is going to five foot step to get away from Unia. Uh-huh. Back uh, to the other wall here. It's going to recoil back. It's just... <laughs> Nobody gave this vampire the memo that Aridin's dead. Uh, right, and then it's going to attack at Ophelia. All right. I can't do my sneak attack damage anymore, though. Okay. So, yeah. It, it actually... It is actually mostly... O- well, it's not okay... But it's it's back. That little uh, shit. All right, this one's going to attack Adophilia. Just pass her on the Twenty to levels. hit you. My AC is twenty. Oh boy, you're gonna take three points of damage. I don't get to do sneak attack. And then you're going to take one negative level. Oh my goodness. Every we're just we're just gonna pass her on the negative levels. Hopefully we pass don't have to. Around. Hopefully we don't have to attack anyone else today. Um. Yeah. <laughs> And now we're back to Lenore. Lenore! How many, what do you have? One negative level now? Yep. Uh, there's a vampire in front of me uh, who I need to wipe the floor with. No! It rolled in, It rolled over onto a 19, and then the 19 rolled over to a 1. However, I do get another attack because I get. I have iterative attacks now. So I get to attack again. Go! That one rolled onto an 18 and then over to a 4. So Lenore misses twice. Damn. And I can't five footstep because it's difficult terrain. Yes. Okay. 
This is my annoyed face. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I get to use my vampires more. That's cool. Uh, Ophelia. Okay. <clears throat> well. Oh, Ophelia's gonna try to do uh, her up close and personal thing. Can I make an acrobatics check to move through the square? It's, it is a difficult terrain situation here. I don't know what the ruling is, but we'll say yes, but plus five. Ooh, I don't think I can roll well enough for that. Um, it will give me a uh, swift action attack. So I'm just gonna do my regular attack here and then we'll try to do the up close and personal attack as well. Um, all right, I swing my dueling sword at the vampire spawn. I roll a 16 to hit because of my energy drain. Uh, I believe no. Okay. Um, all right, we're gonna try up close and personal attack. Uh, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna make an acrobatics check. Okay. Uh, so does it CMD plus five? Oh, it, it, it fails. Okay. Why can't I roll higher than an eight on die? Oh, I'm sorry. God. Uh, I do get I do get to attack I do get to make another attack, but it also gets an attack on me. So, all right, uh, attack opportunity. Oh, I got a twelve to hit. No, <laughs> it's okay. I rolled a natural one. So, oh, so you also miss on that one. Yep. Oh my gosh, Damien, your friends, <laughs> your friends are not doing so well with the hitting of things. What the hell is wrong with you? Let's let's see if we they can. They seem a little bit freaked out by the vampire thing. Let's see. Let's see if we can get any um, any chill touches off on anybody else. That is a twenty to hit. That will uh, hit. All right. That's which one are you hitting? That's the one that uh, is attacking Ophelia. Yes. Um, so make a DC sixteen will save. All right. Fail. Panicked for. Oh, thirteen. Panicked for nine rounds. Good lord. Unia. Unia. Oh, a uh, question. Um, do these things count as people for the purposes of hold person? No. Okay. They're undead. Okay. Uh, person would be a humanoid. Okay. And blindness won't work because it's a it's a, a necromancy spell. Yeah. Um, sure, spells work against them. Ow! You're right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Unia is gonna um charge cure light wounds in their hand and then they're gonna uh, take a step over here and makes a touch attack at the vampire spawn uh, yes. I believe uh, can I can I use guided hand to make a touch attack <laughs> with your deity's favored weapon so no oh it's no. gonna be either your strength or your dex that's a plus one. <laughs> oh. oh wait plus BAB so plus five <laughs> plus five all right versus touch 14 you can also channel spike 14? 14 is exactly the touch. DC 16 will save to half. 19. Okay. Uh, Well, so it takes half damage. So I got 11 points of positive energy damage. Uh, So so five. five. Minus five. I think the first damage that this vampire has taken. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) All right. Uh, And speaking of this vampire, uh, it is called Dibs on Lenore and is going to try to keep attacking Lenore. (laughs) 20 to hit Lenore. It's really good at attacking, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Actually, no, I've just been rolling really well. Um, You're taking all my good rolls. That <laughs> uh, can't deal sneak attack against you. Uh, so it's just going to deal three points of damage. Another and negative another level. negative level. 
Lenore's gonna die. Maybe. We're, we're not gonna get this thing killed. Uh, well, the other two are panicked, so you guys can... The other two are panicked, like, basically for the rest of their lives. <laughs> <laughs> and then this one is going to cower. And then the other one is also going to run and cower. It's going to run this way. Uh, Ophelia's gonna get an attack of opportunity. Yes. No hidden strike. No. Uh, 20, a 24 to hit. That'll hit. All right. Six points of damage. Aww. So one point one of damage. One point of damage. Aw, hey, you, you've... Oh, no, you haven't quite bloodied it. All right. Uh, and then that's all the vampires. So, yeah, Lenore. Uh, Lenore is going to attack twice. Are you going to uh, true strike? Oh, um, I I can do that on the second one, I guess. Um, yeah. All right, so that is a... Oh, dear. Um, an 18 to hit? Yeah, that'll hit. Okay. Uh, my my that attack, is my attack exactly bonus. Exactly the AC. My attack bonus is going through the floor here. Yes. Uh, that is twenty-one points of damage. Okay, sixteen points of damage. Uh, and then Lenore is going to spend ten rounds of blood rage to uh, true to quicken cast true strike uh, on well, her. Just uh, don't have any more fights after this. Yeah, uh, on her second attack. Okay. Um, so that's a plus 20. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. I just needed to not roll a natural one. Um, so I got a 12 on die. Uh, so that's a 40 to hit. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. 35. You hit. Uh, uh, roll your damage. 16 points of damage. All right. Ophelia. Um, can... Uh, all right, I don't know if Ophelia can get over to the vampire this this turn, um, because her movement speed is halved. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I don't believe she can. <clears throat> now, would a crossbow bolt count as uh, wooden no. and piercing? No, because uh, crossbow bolts are generally metal. Okay. Uh, I would say an arrow would count. Okay. Uh, as long as you deal more than, like... I'd say an arrow will count if you deal more than two points of damage, because if you only deal two points of damage, I'd say the arrow head just hits you. Yeah, it's but just But if you deal more than that, you penetrate into the body and the wooden arrow okay. shaft would get in. Ophelia moves 15 feet to get closer to the anemone, and... Ooh, I wonder if I can knock him prone. Hold on. I, I do have hydraulic push. You can only bull rush... Do you have a ranged weapon? I have a crossbow. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you probably can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, um, you can double move to get into uh, threatening range. Oh, yes, I can double move. That is right. A double move is a thing I can do. Ophelia is going to double move to stand on the uh, the coffin that the vampire once occupied as the other vampires cower in the corner. Oh, actually, before, before we actually end the turn, uh, one of the things that you could possibly do is use an attack to destroy a coffin. Oh. Which would prevent a vampire from respawning in their coffin. Oh. Okay. Uh, can I can I uh, rewind all yeah, of this? Yeah, we can then? rewind. Rewind. I, rewind. Uh, helpless. Um. Yes, the, the vampires will indeed be rendered helpless. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. So yes. Uh. Can I um destroy this coffin next to me? You can make an attack and deal damage to it, and if you beat the a wooden object. Let's see. It's got a five, right? Let's see. I, I hit. Uh, that's 25 to hit. Uh, and then I will hit it 
uh, with my dueling sword. Made of simple wood. Me for all dueling swords. I'm just gonna use the stats for a door. Are you okay with that? That's fine. Uh, so yeah, it will have will have hardness five and uh, ten hit points. Oh, well, I don't exceed the hardness then. Okay, so you smash it. You just bash I it with a it. smack and I, I dent it. You, you you what are you hitting with? I hit it with my sword. All right, you and you take out a you take out a chip on it, but uh, <laughs> it's wood and it's not an axe. So there's not enough momentum to really carry through the lid. Lenore can probably do this. Yeah. All right, Lenore. Lenore. Wait, wait, no, wait. No, wait, sorry, sorry. Uh, that was Ophelia's turn. Uh, now we're on Damien. We'll try to use Chill Touch. Uh, that's a 20 to hit. 20 to hit, we'll hit. Okay. Um, is, I'll roll uh, d6 of fire damage. Five points of fire damage. <laughs> uh, and hey, guess what? As you hit with the card, the vampire, like in a burst of flame, the vampire evaporates into a gaseous cloud. Oh, gosh. I didn't realize it was that hurt. Oh, it was very hurt. Yeah, Lenore carved out most of its HP. Oh. Um, okay. And uh, it is now a, it is now a, it is now a gaseous form, and the next thing that it will do is try to return to its coffin. Okay. Now, once in its coffin, it will be helpless for an hour. Okay. And then we can stab it. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm gonna try to hit this uh, bloodied fellow over here. It's outside my first range increment. Uh, that's okay. It's. Oh no! It, I suppose it's cowering. It's taking total defense action. Um, oh yes, I need to look up total defense real quick. I'll, uh, I'll hit the other one, uh, the one that's a little closer to me. It's within my first range increment, so... Yes, plus four dodge bonus to AC. Oh, natural one. Oh, no. I haven't done any crit successes no. so far, but three natural ones. Far uh, for the course here on to having to roll. Uh, I, did, <laughs> I did hit with a ranged attack, though, so I will get those okay. Arcana points back. All right. Actually, yeah. Unia, uh, now there are no threats to you currently. Okay. Uh, because the two remaining vampires are cowering away from all of you. All right. Um, I'm going to, uh, can I go over and destroy and help Ophelia destroy this coffin? Yes. All right. Uh, Unia pulls out with their falcata. They, they sort of assume a chopping stance. Uh, fun fact, falcatas can be used kind of like axes, although not probably for the purposes of whatever we're talking about here, just for the aesthetic. Um, yes. They hit, but do not crit. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, and so that's an... Do that's, you want to channel smite the... Yes, I would love to channel smite the freaking thing, yes. Yes. Uh, so that's... Have it make a will save. <laughs> it doesn't make a will save. 3d6, okay. And I don't believe that usual channel smite would work no. because channel positive entropy. and negative energy don't affect objects but channel entropy works against constructs it's just, it just raw damage yeah i rolled like poopy uh <laughs> it's well, ten that's hit eight points, points and it's eight points of untyped damage and then six points of of clonking damage right, so, so unia chips off another little piece um i think you destroy it and then uh th so unia chips off a piece a, a bit with their falcata and then yeah. um, energy uh, blasts. Yeah, it looks like it gets old, ancient, and then it crumbles into, into dust. dust. Yeah, and as it as it does so, dirt falls out of the inside. Just, uh, just soil just goes, and there's stuff in the dirt. If you want to get it later, uh, you might want to finish the combat first. Yeah, though. might. This vampire is going to try to return to its coffin. 
Its coffin's right here. It returns to its coffin. I want attack of opportunity and the miss. You can't. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a miss. That's fine. Uh, also because uh, while in Gash's form, other attacks do nothing. Uh, however, it goes over to its coffin, and you watch as its body forms. Actually, is it a... What's the action on that? Is there an action on it? It doesn't say. We're going to say it's standard action. It reforms, but it is in this helpless state. Ah. Yeah, it is at rest like it's sleeping. Um, and it has to be at rest for one hour. So I think you will get it. You a little snooze. The other vampires cower. Uh, they are going to be cowering for the next, uh, like, roughly eight minutes. So if you would like, we can now leave initiative. Yeah, although uh, Lenore would, with her last round of Blood Rage, uh, like to... Um, drop her um, faux shard on the floor, take a step forward and pull out a javelin and stab the helpless guy. I, I can't coup de grace this round, but I do want to get some, see if I can get this blood rage. Uh, um, so in order to stake it through the heart, that is a coup de grace. Oh, okay. And so you must do a coup de grace if you want to do that. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, I can't I can't actually five foot step, so I can't put your goss this round. Okay. Uh, no. So Lenore will drop uh, out of Blood Rage uh, with no more rounds of Blood Rage left, uh, yeah. and she is... Basically, if you reduce it further than zero, it, it just basically does this pulse of gaseous form and then reform. Okay. Gaseous form, okay. reform. And it's only if you do the coup de grace that you stop it. Uh, I think we're probably fine to leave initiative now, yeah? Yeah. So, yeah. all right. So, so... The other two vampires are going to be panicked for a while. Okay. And so you can kill them in that time. So yeah. how do you kill them? Um, so Lenore is uh, going to focus um, her remaining energy uh, on coup de grossing the vampire in the, uh, on staking the vampire in its coffin. Okay, so you take another javelin and you... Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, and I think you just do that, right? Yeah. Uh, um, 2d6 plus 11 damage. It's already at zero hit points, so yeah. you do it. Yeah, so you do it. Uh, um, yeah. And um, now it, it, it will still be formed in the coffin because basically as long as the coffin exists, it can keep regenerating there. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so while while that's happening, um, Unia and Ophelia are going to go over and uh, beat the crap out of this coffin. Until it is One of the, you watch as, as the vampire that came out of that coffin reaches out a hand. No, no, no! Silence. <laughs> and it just recoils um, in fear. Uh, and we smash that one. I'll have Unia use another channel smite because what else are they going to use it on? <laughs> Ophelia deals nine points of damage. Unia deals... I guess Unia probably doesn't need a channel smite on this one then because uh, Ophelia already took a good chunk out of it. I mean, your call. Oh yeah, Unia deals. They do have they do have hardness. Yeah, Unia deals. Actually, no. Uh, Ophelia would have broken it, so it is now it has now broken. So hardness doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Unia deals two points of damage to. It. Oh, oh no! Plus. I suppose they could they could have been power attacking. Uh, yes. Yeah, Unia Unia deals. Oh my goodness, Unia deals uh, six points of damage to it. Uh, All right, it is now, this this coffin is also now destroyed. Okay. Um, right. <clears throat> and then uh, they will lay into the, the panicked uh, vampire. Um, and within four rounds, you kill it. Yeah, so the vampires are dead. Now you dust that vampire, and the vampire has nowhere left to go. And so you watch as the, as the gaseous form tries to flee 
and just hangs in the air, this fine mist that was the vampire, and it, it will remain in that form until it, its gaseous form time expires. Oh, and then, and then it's it dead. Will, and then it's dead. Oh, man. Um, well, we have we have two staked vampires here. Um, let's let's dust let's dust another one, and we'll leave the one one left staked. Um, we have two staked. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> but we probably don't need both of them staked, right? We can destroy one of them. I mean, you can. Uh, your call, honestly. What if some? Yeah, uh, They're at your mercy. Yeah, I mean. If we don't, then maybe their sire comes and unstakes them, and then they go and kill more people. I mean, do you want to do you want to take the staked vampires with you? Yes. They will remain dead as long as they're staked. Yes, I would like to take the staked vampires with me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you dust the remaining vampire, mm-hmm. and you destroy its coffin. Yes. Uh, I gotta clear the initiative. I'll take the staked vampire with me, and actually, Uni is gonna use Carrion Compass. Okay. Uh, Unia is going to, uh, with their falcata, uh, I don't know, slice off the pinky finger or something. Uh, no, it's, it's organ. Uh, typically oh. the heart, the brain, or an eyeball. Oh, okay. And so we- when you cast the spell, it actually, actually the spell uh, does this. Oh, okay. So, um, so, okay. So Unia will cast Carrion Compass, and uh, the and sh- shadows eye. shadows will spill forth from their hand, reach over to one of the eye sockets, and just. Pop, pop out, out an eyeball. Yeah, you watch as basically the shadows just go in around the edges of the eye, and then like like pressure on a cork, uh, they pop it up, and the eye just yes uh, floats now, in the air. Now in front for of you. for sixty minutes, this will float in front of me at chest level and slowly lead me uh, to the undead creatures. Uh, creator. Oh, um, actually, do you want to loot the room before? Do you oh. want to loot the place before you do this? Yes, please. Okay. Yes, please. I forgot there was stuff. The exp- I forgot there uh, was stuff right. to loot. There was stuff in the coffins. I would love to loot the coffins. So, uh, give me a perception check as you sift through the dirt. Ooh, okay. Perception checks for everyone. You can also everyone. take your t- since there's no threat now. You can also take your time and take twenty. Oh, okay. Searching through the soil that once con- was once contained within the coffins, you will find uh, three leather pouches. Okay. Which hold a combined total of fifteen platinum pieces, Ooh. Uh, and three hundred gold pieces, Ooh. all uh, of an ustalavic minting. Ooh! You find a ring that looks like uh, a, a intertwined brass spider legs. Ooh! Uh, Can I spellcraft that? Does emanate magic? Yeah. Twenty-four. Yeah, you will identify this uh, as. A ring of jumping. Ooh! It is. Uh, this ring continually allows the wearer to leap about, providing a plus five competence bonus on all acrobatics checks uh, made to make high or long jumps. Okay. That wouldn't apply to, unfortunately, your move through other enemy space thing. Yeah. But it's good for jumping. It's good for jumping. Might yeah. give it to Ophelia anyway for shingle That's dashing. Fair. That's fair. Yeah, good for shingle dash. Very good for shingle dashing. Yeah. Um, ring of jumping. Oh no! Wait, she already has the ring of protection plus one. Uh, somebody else gets the ring of jumping. Lenore, do you want the ring of jumping? They can wear two rings. Yeah. 
Uh, no, she has a ring of protection and a ring of swimming. Oh, and a ring of swimming. Okay, then no. Yeah. Uh, ring of both. jumping to Lenore, then. Lenore can now shingle dash a little better. Yeah. Well, she's the best shingle dasher in the party based ha. on a previous <laughs> based performance. Based on success. Yeah, so... Uh, yes. Uh, and, then there, uh, <laughs> and then there is a set of pan pipes in one of these as well. Pan pipes? Yes. Are they magical? They also emanate magic. Okay. What did you get on your spellcraft? A uh, 24. All right. Uh, yeah, that's going to be enough to get both. Uh, this magic item appears to be a small set of pan pipes. Uh, it is called Pipes of Haunting. Pipes uh, of when Haunting. When played by a person who succeeds at a DC 15 perform wind instrument check, the pipes <laughs> create uh, an eerie spellbinding tune. Those within 30 feet who hear the tune must succeed on a DC 13 will save or become frightened for four rounds. Creatures with six or more hit dice are unaffected. Pipes of Haunting can be sounded twice a day. Sounds like a good thing to sell. Sounds like a great thing to sell. <laughs> uh, it's worth 30,000 gold. Uh, the Ring of Jumping worth 2,500 gold. Uh, there will be a book. A book? Anybody speak Draconic? Damien does. Damien does. Yes. Anybody speak Infernal? Damien does. Uh, anybody speak Eklo? Uh, no. Anybody speak Ancient Osiriani? Uh, no. <laughs> anybody speak Hallet? Uh, I don't think anybody speaks Hallet. No. Necrol. No. All right. So you are looking in this book. You find this book, uh, and to the best of your knowledge, it's some sort of spell book. Uh-huh. But it's also got, like, all these notes uh, written in the margins and things like that. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, it's, there is a, there is a series of characters, like, in just all kinds of languages scrawled uh, in the margins that don't make any sense. Now, Damien with Draconic uh, uh-huh. and, and, uh, Infernal. and Infernal will get uh, some snippets from this okay. in a few places. Okay. One of the things that you will get, uh, one of the things that you will get is that uh, obviously this is this is some sort of spell book. I'll give you one spell out okay. of all the languages you speak. Okay. You will get, um, you will get, there is inscribed in here, uh, uh, resist energy. Okay. Okay. That's really all you can get from from it in that regard, just because the rest of it it's complicated. Gotta cast comprehend languages. Yeah, uh, and additionally, but but you will get scrawled in the margins. Uh, th- at one point, there is a bit of a ramble in Infernal okay. uh, about how I can never get any blasted work done with uh, with these overzealous Ergothoans breathing down my neck all the time. <laughs> However. The work progresses steadily. I believe that the Red Mantis will be pleased. The Red Mantis? Once we once we finally crack the code on this disease. Oh. So the Red Mantis is here? Uh, uh, can you can I- make knowledge religion on the Red Mantis. Okay. So knowledge religion on the Red Mantis. Damien and uh, Unia will roll. Clack, 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 clack. Alrighty, Damien got a 14, and Unia got a 13. This energy drain is not helping. Uh, so a 16? Yeah, no, you don't really know what the Red Mantis is. You're like, you see this guy talking about, basically talking about the Red Mantis with about the same regard as the Cult of Urgothoa. Okay, so we don't know what the Red Mantis is, mm-hmm. but we know that they're working with the Urgothoans, uh, and that they're, but that they're also like, clandestinely trying to figure oh, out the disease and to I will report say, back to... Uh, I will also say that probably in the area where he's talking about the Red Mantis, there will be sketched uh, the holy symbol of Ergothoa, which is, of course, a fly uh, with a body shaped like a skull. 
Yeah. And then there will also be a, a symbol. It's roughly shaped like an N mm. with two insectoid limbs uh-huh. interlinked in the center. Ah, uh, okay. The claws sort of grasping each other. Yeah. But you're not entirely sure what that means. Yeah. Okay. All right. Additionally, up in the shop above, if you also search that. The little shop of horrors. It is quite a shop of horrors, indeed. Um, uh, searching through the place, we are, you already succeeded on, an, on a perception check there. So you will find uh, a rusty, pathetically jingling lockbox behind the counter. <laughs> uh, opening uh, now, now, it would require a disabled device check to open right. the counter. Yeah. Open the container, rather. All right, let me do that. 29. 20. Nine. Uh, yeah, you're going to succeed. Uh, and what you will find inside is two gold. <laughs> eight silver. Oh. Uh, 22 copper. Good. Yeah. And a silver tooth uh, worth one gold. Oh. Uh, when you said pathetically yep. jingling, you were yeah. uh, and a And a brass key shaped like the symbol of Abadar bearing the number... 261. Oh. Uh, you may make a knowledge local or religion check to figure out what the deal with that is. Yeah. Uh, knowledge local, Ophelia and Damien. Uh, 19? Yeah, 19 will be enough. Uh, you will recognize this as, uh, since you've been in there quite a few times now, you will know that this is uh, a key to a private deposit box at the Abadaran Temple. And uh, you also know uh, one interesting thing about the private deposit boxes is that generally uh, they are the key itself is tied to the box, uh-huh. and uh, and and you know there's no other form of identification here in Corvosa. Mm-hmm. So if you have the key, you own the account essentially, hey! um, which is probably why the key is being so carefully guarded. We have an empty deposit box. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, and now with that in mind. Uh, would you would then cast Carrying Compass? The eyeball yes. pops out, uh, and uh, from here, the eyeball is going to be floating in front of you. It's going to be uh, suggesting. Now, are you carrying the the? Uh, are you carrying the carrion? Uh yeah. So you're carrying the two uh, the two vampires. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think the vampires are of negligible weight for your party. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as long as one person is carrying one and another person is carrying another. Lenore and Uni are uh, carrying the... Uh, carrion. The, the, yeah, the vampires. Right. Uh, carrying staked vampires. <laughs> uh, uh, I will tell you, nobody is going to fuck with the people that are carrying vampire corpses. Uh, <laughs> you don't do that. <laughs> if people are carrying two staked vampires, you go... No, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Um, now, you will know that um, you can't immerse the vampires in running water without destroying them. Uh-huh. So you will need some sort of way to get across the water if you want to, or, or leave the bodies on Endron Isle if you want to, uh, if you want to have the eyeball lead you somewhere. Oh, else. so the eyeball is leading me out of town? It's leading you south. Oh. Uh, in fact, let's go to the map. Oh, right, because there's a freaking... Uh. <laughs> let's go to the Corvosa map. So you are here. And let me draw a line on the GMs on the GM layer just so that you can't see it from where 
you are to where that's going to be taking you. Right. There aren't any bridges anymore. There aren't any bridges anymore. Well, frick. <laughs> All right. So you will get here, and the and the eyeball is going to be leading you toward uh, the Narrows of St. Alika. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll follow it, I guess. At 30 feet per round, right? Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, following it... Uh, you will get you will get to the waterfront, and uh-huh. it will be leading you. And it will be it'll be trying to drift across the water. Okay, uh, we'll drop the other staked vampire in the water and just let the narrows of Saint Alika kill it uh, forever. It. Uh, and yes. I guess um, is there some place we can stash the staked vampire? <laughs> uh, um, I think give me a survival check to okay. find a place where you could stash a body survival. of a vampire. Survival. Uh, okay. Um, Lenore is best at survival. She's taking a considerable penalty right now, though. And I think I think I gave you all the loot that was in the place. Let me double check. Oh, a 23 on survival. I can have... Unia is going to aid, and so is Damien. Unia successfully aids. Uh, 25. Yeah, you managed to find uh, sort of a uh, sort of a hole. Uh, basically, like a place that looks like uninhabited, un- untouched. Just like um, probably the place where people were storing wood. Yeah. Uh, but it has a building that's long since abandoned, and so like there's some moldering wood there, uh, and nobody paying attention, and you just stash the body there. Okay. Yes. Uh, now we're going to try to stealthily cross the Narrows following this carrion compass. Okay. Clack, 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 clack. Okay, okay, okay. Um, oh my goodness sake. Uh, Lenore is currently suffering a minus four penalty to stealth, so that's a 12. Uh, Ophelia got an 18. Unia got, uh, oh my god, a 7. Uh, and Damien got an 18. <laughs> oh, what, what's this for? Uh, stealthily crossing the narrows. Uh, and also swimming. And also, oh, swimming. Oh, do I need to make a swim check? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, actually, you have, it's calm water. Yeah, uh, we have swim gear. It's, you have swim gear. You have the bottle of air. Yeah. I don't think you need to make a swim check. It's CC 10, and I think you'll... Be yeah. Um, actually, uh, oh, some of you guys are energy drained. Uh, just roll me swim checks. It's CC 10. Okay. Uh... And I think with your swim gear, it's negligible. Uh, yeah, the swim gear adds like a plus two or something. Yeah. So swim swim checks plus two. I don't think Lenore succeeds on her swim check. Uh oh, yeah, Lenore got a nine. Um. So it takes you a little longer. Um, I don't think you don't like drown or anything because you can breathe with the bottle of air. Oh yeah, Uni um, also got a nine. But essentially, for a little bit of time while you're in the water, you you don't quite. You're not stable. Uh, yeah. But uh, you sort of flail a little bit as you fail to make any significant progress, and somebody has to double back and give you the bottle of air so you can breathe again. Yeah. Um, uh, where are you coming out of the water? Because um, there is the huge wall here. Yeah, I guess uh, we have to. You could come to... out over on Airy Street if you want. Yeah, come out over on Airy uh, Street. When you get to Airy Street, it's going to be pointing that way, sort of. Okay. It's uh, like that way. Now, it's however far we can get it in an hour. Yes. And I am sort of tracking your movement. Okay. You, you have 1,800 feet of movement <laughs> if you're moving at 30 feet per round. Yes, yes. Uh, and now we'll, now we'll um, the, the distance that you travel across the water, we will double. Uh, I think we double the. Yeah. Double the effective. Uh, so we're going to do minus, I'm going to just round up minus 200. So 
you can get like three miles. <laughs> That's not bad. Uh, okay. Um, so yeah, we'll continue to follow it. All right, you will continue to follow it. Uh, you come out on Airy Street, uh, and it is going to be leading you over the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get like, it would be leading you sort of up toward Academy. Uh huh. But when you get to when you get close to the walls of Academy, it's going to be sort of like drifting along the edges. Okay. As if it can't find a way to what it's trying uh, to do. Oh, you have to you have to go around Academy. Um, and let's see. It's going to be drifting. It'll be pushing you down Hilltop Street. Okay. Once you get sort of toward the bottom of Hilltop Street, it's going to want you to cut across through the alleys toward Hillcrest. Okay. Uh, and then you can also just keep following Hilltop Street if you want. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's going to take you down. Gently, slowly leading us toward the Great District. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's going to be moving you this way. Uh, and then you would you would now be able in a position where you could probably be on this road. I have this place marked on my map, and it's one of the places that you're going to go past uh, along the way. And so I'd like to give a little bit of flavor. Mm-hmm. So you, it takes you through the Heights District. Every now and then you would see somebody looking at you like, "Why are you following an eyeball?" <laughs> it's a magic thing. Uh, Tennis is a bed and breakfast in Citadel Crest. <laughs> uh, uh, it is the most expensive. Uh, <laughs> Is the most expensive uh, bed and breakfast in Citadel Crest, which is probably, I believe, also makes it the most expensive bed and breakfast in the city. Uh, it is known for its scented baths, massages, manicures, and pedicures, and a valet, and three lavish meals. Wow. Yeah. It only has room for 11 guests. Wow. <laughs> so we're walking past this extremely posh bread, bed and breakfast. Yeah, there's probably like covered, a... There's covered in blood and, and dirt. Grime and dirt. And, and sweat. And there's probably a bellhop at the, at, the front, at the front of this place that looks at you, carefully nudges their way back under their awning. <laughs> um, and you will now be getting into Slope District. And as you make your way through... Slope District. The eyeball leads you further and further until you find yourselves eyeball floating in front of you at the hospice of the Blessed Maiden. What? And it wants to go in the door. What? And that is where we will leave off. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, uh, being a plague doctor in in a plague doctor suit would be a good opportunity for a vampire to uh, get blood samples and not get touched by the sun. Something's going on in the hospice. Yeah, that's where the sire is. That's where the sire is. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And the sire seems to be involved in the blood veil plot. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, working at the hospice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know if we can go and attack them right now. We used up a lot of our stuff, and a lot of us are very hurt. <laughs> um, might be worth getting restoration somewhere. Yeah, might want to go over to uh, the Bank of Abadar or something and just be yeah. like, hey. All right. Well, we can do that <laughs> next time. Yeah. Uh, All right. All right. But for now, thank you. Thank you for listening. Ah. Uh, 
Kill some vampires. Kill some vampires. And play the Buffy music here. Bow. But now, now, now. I want to be Xander. Don't make me be Xander. <laughs> Come on, you're totally a Xander. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, right. We'll get back to that next time. On Curse of the Crimson Throne. Thank you for listening as we dusted and staked some vampires. It's really nice to deal with some classic monsters the old-fashioned way. Pathfinder and the Curse of the Crimson Throne Adventure Path are property of Paizo and used in accordance with the community use policy. This session featured sound effects by Sirenscape taken from their Death and Virtuosi sound set in the Seven Days to the Grave pack. Our combat also featured Sirenscape's Hell's Rebels music medley. For these and other great sound effects, check out Sirenscape.com. Our additional combat music was provided by Philip Melvin, with such great tracks as Cannibal's Path, The Mountain Giants, Voices in the Labyrinth, and, of course, our intro, Chronospheres of Dr. Genevieve Beaumont. You can find these tracks and others at Philip's Tabletop Music Bazaar on Patreon. The Vampire Reveal was Takata and Fugue by Buck. If you like the show, please remember to leave us a rating and review on your podcasting app of choice. Tell your friends, tell your gaming groups. We love meeting new people. We are on Twitter at to have and to roll. Rain is at rain zero. That's R A N E and the number zero. Daft is at Daft Prodigy. We are on Tumblr to have and to roll dot dot com. And you can also email us to have and to roll at gmail.com. That's it for this week. And we will see you next time in two weeks on To Have and To Roll. Because Ustalov is so fucking extra, I love doing Takata and Fugue for anything remotely related to Ustalov. It's wonderful. Just because Ustalov is, it is fucking Transylvania. Actually, more realistically, I think that Ustalov is Castlevania. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. Seriously, it's every gothic horror setting you could want. What is the player character? A miserable little pile of dice. But enough talk. But enough talk. How about, How about you? you? That would include, um, that would include, blah, 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 include, include, that was weird. In- include, no, no. <laughs> include, include, uh, include, in- in- include, include, sorry, uh, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs>
uh, pythons, ropes, and other tools. I hear that up north they call them pitons. Wow. They sound pretentious up north. <laughs> Can I sneak attack the coffin? No. <laughs> Can I sneak attack the coffin? I don't know, Daff. What do you think? Well, I hit. It's not aware of you. <laughs> A coffin. I have this nice vertical monitor, and I'll put my notes over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then that's over here. And so when I look at that and I'm reading over here, I'm not talking into the microphone, mm-hmm. which is a problem. Yeah. Uh, so Your notes like to be tall. They like to be tall.